discipline, consistency with your actions, off the discipline, and then you have to have some type of spirit life. It's God for me, but you got to figure out something outside of yourself. What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani of the Sports Courier TV. We have right here via Zoom a very special guest. He's a former Dallas Cowboys quarterback, a Georgia legend. He is a man who is inspiring many, mentoring many these days. We're talking to former NFL quarterback Quincy Carter. Quincy, thank you so much for the time. How's everything going? It's going great, man. Thank you for that introduction, too. But, man, it's, it's really going great. God is good. That, that is great to hear. And, of course, we want to dive into your football career and your road to recovery. But we would love to hear about what you're doing these days with BRC Recovery Centers. By the grace of God, I'm so blessed uh, to tell everybody here that uh, I'm now the business development director of athletes and entertainers. Uh, and so we've designed a, a mindset program specifically to the athletes and entertainers. We're not going to baby anybody because that didn't work out for me. That didn't work out for some of my comrades. But what we do understand is that we come from a different, you know, walk of life. Uh, We've been through a lot of trauma, shame, you know, that a lot of people haven't, you know, dealt with. So we do understand that we've, you know, designed a program to make sure uh, our nutrition uh, that we're getting to our clients is going to be great. Our rec therapy, going on trips uh, and, you know, doing fun activities. Also, we design uh, what we call tox- toxic masculinity course that uh, that Brittany Lawless has put together. Our own uh, president, Mandy Baker, uh, she's been our clinical director for years. So, so she knows exactly the recipe uh, to treat guys. And then me being actually a former client of BRC, I've been through our 90-day program, heavy 12-step program, which really turned my life around. Actually, in step three, we talk about turning your will over to God. That's when I really knew, uh, well, that's when I really have started that uh, started to develop that relationship with God also. But not to scare anybody away, it could be a higher power or the universe for you. But, uh, but that big book in 12 and 12 really breaks it down. And our staff does a great job of having a course to break things down. And then I'm also a recipient of our McConnell program, you know, which, you know, deals with the trauma, the shame, the codependency, the family attachments that, you know, I was just speaking about earlier. Uh, so I'm a benefactor of what BRC is about. And then when you add in the things that we've, implemented along with what already we have in tech is just a beautiful thing to be a part of man and i'm really excited about it yeah i think the last time a lot of nfl fans heard about you you know there were some some issues here and there so at what moment did you decide like okay brc is for me and i'm really going to make a step towards finally really turning around my life well here's the thing from for about 14 years from 05 Sadly to say, the 2009, July 22nd, when I walked in the doors of BRC, uh, I was reaching out and trying to get help. Uh, But what I wasn't doing was really working a program. And then the other thing that BRC offered me was going through the whole 12 steps. See, I was going to rehabs. We'll get the first three steps. We're trying to put a Band-Aid on this thing. And then I'm walking out the doors. I don't know how to be a sponsor. I really don't know how to go to meetings. I don't know how to have a sponsor and really work the steps. And it just didn't really work out for me. 
July 20, well, 21st. Well, actually, it was the 22nd. I came in the same day. It came and picked me up. The 22nd, man, I, you know, I had a longtime friend, my grand sponsor, Hollywood Henderson, since 07. Um, and so I got on the phone with him and told him, man, hey, listen, I've got to get some help. And when I mean help, surrender to this program, because I knew about the program. I knew I had to surrender to God. But that day right there, man, I just said, hey, whatever it is, I got to do. I got to do it. And he had a good friend, Marsha Stone, still one of my good friends. Um, the relationship we've been able to build called her and they were down in South Texas picking me up from Donna, Texas within like four, about five hours. Um, and then when I got here, man, it was, you know, uh, it was all surrender for me, but it was surrendering to this program of AA and also surrendering to God, man. And I hadn't turned my back. But BRC uh, was able to supply me with the tools that I really needed, you know, to really, man, get a, a, a stranglehold on this recovery. But it's a continuous program. You know, it's a day-to-day -day thing. But now I know how, how to truly live and how to put my past behind me, let God take everything, and uh, and, me try, and me stop trying to drive so much and get my butt in the back seat, not even in the passenger seat, in the back seat with the seatbelt on and let God do the work. Yeah. For sure, man. Well, it, it is great to see you doing well. So happy to hear that. Of course, if people want to check out BRC Recovery, they could do they could go to brcrecovery.com, the website brcrecovery.com. They also call the number on the website, which is 1-855-940-5947. Of course, we'll include all that in the show notes. Now, in addition to BRC and, and helping fellow athletes and, and whatnot, are you still involved in football at all? Oh, yes. I'm heavily involved, man. I'm blessed to uh, have my quarterback school. Uh, the QuincyCarter17.com is where you can find my website at, but I call it uh, the Quincy Carter Quarterback School. And I have various camps across the country, Florida, Texas, Georgia, um, Mississippi, actually. Uh, but, man, I'm just having, you know, fun giving back to these kids. Uh, I don't play no games when it comes to the quarterback position because you've got to want to play this game. I mean, you've got to want to play this position. You know, and it's not just the fundamental aspect of it, but it's what you do off the field, the mistakes I've made on the field, you know, uh, making sure, hey, we got all 11 guys in the huddle first, even if you even hollowing up these days with all these spread offenses. But you got the crowd noise, you got the play, you got the protection, what step, what drop step I'm, um, I'm, I'm actually running on this particular play, who are we reading? Where the blitzes come coming from? So, man, when I tell you, you got to want to play this position, you got to want to play it. And I'm teaching all nuances of it. But I'm so blessed to have coaches like uh, Bill Parcells, Sean Payton, uh, David Lee, shoot, uh, my high school coaches, Steve Davenport, Buck Godfrey. So it's really just all of a collaboration of what I've been taught, man. And I'm so blessed I have those abilities, man, to give it back. That's so awesome. It, you mentioned, of course, Sean Payton, Coach Parcells. So the coaches you, you worked with throughout your career, especially in Dallas, you still have a good relationship with them? I do. I do. Sean uh, just sent me an autograph ball for one of my guys. Me and Coach Parcells, we talk every couple weeks, good phone conversations. David Lee, 
he was the guy who was behind the scene. My, he was a, a quarterback, uh, quality control guy was kind of his title uh, until he moved up the quarterback coach after I had left, though. But, you know, he uh been at Arkansas, uh, been at other places. Uh, but he was he was my guy, uh, too, so I can't not mention him. And then my high school coach, Steve Davenport, and um, and uh, Coach Buck Godfrey. Heck, I even still talk to Coach Donnan, man. I loved all my and, – and me and Coach Campo, we hadn't got on the phone, but me and Coach Campo speak over Facebook. Heck, yes. Yeah, so we're all still in touch, man. I love my coaches. That's that's so cool, and, and and you know that time with the Dallas Cowboys was tumultuous, right? It's like wow, you know, Quincy Carter's gonna be future, and then I believe you you either cut or or traded and ended up on on the New York Jets, and uh-huh. you know a lot a lot of times, right? When a situation like that happens, especially when you're young, you probably won't want to keep in touch or don't want to keep in touch with your head coach who just you know got rid of you. But it's <laughs> great to see like all these years later, twenty years later or more, you're still tight with with Bill Parcells. I, I would assume yeah. that's the side of him that we don't see, right? Yeah, well, it, it's it's a it's a thing in my heart that I know that I'm the one who was making the mistakes off the field that didn't get me the greatness. It wasn't the guys who was teaching me. And so when you finally are able to look yourself in the mirror, because I blamed those guys for years now. You know, why did they cut me? It was their fault. Uh, no, actually, you were actually doing some things you shouldn't have been doing. And how are we going to have our quarterback doing those type of things? So, uh, so man, I got a special place in my heart for them because I really know um, wholeheartedly they cared about me. They loved me. And, heck, look at them. They still on the phone with me to this day, man. So, uh, so yeah, so I know the real. I can't hide that truth. <laughs> now, we're a New York-based show. You know, we got a little bit of a rivalry with the, with the Dallas Cowboys, but there's no arguing they're one of the most famous franchises, not just in the NFL, but in the entire world. So I can only imagine a young kid like yourself, early 20s, game drafted, being the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys under the legendary Bill Parcells. How the hell did you deal with all that pressure? Man, you know something? Uh, well, I didn't handle it all great because I was it was sitting behind co- closed doors, you know, smoking weed. Uh, but, man, God, you know, uh, I had a real strong relationship with God not the one that I have today because I don't allow, I mean, I don't allow myself to get in the way of his graces back in the day is what God can do for me. And then, Hey, like I got it from here, you know, but now that's a whole different relationship, but you know, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to toot my horn, but early on in my career, I was able to have coaches like Steve Davenport and coach Buck Godfrey, who really, really humbled me. And so I listened a lot. Uh, I was a student of the game, you know, uh, and then having Bill Parcells there with all of his knowledge and the way he approaches the game, it was like a match made in heaven. Uh, So I had a lot of pieces around me, the Richie Andersons of the world, you know, we're still good friends to this day, guys like that, great teammates, Dexter Coakley, uh, uh, Rocket Ismail, who, who mentored me a whole lot. So, man, it was a whole collaboration of good people around me. And then, man, having good God, you know, given ability to be able to go out on the field and make plays for our team to win. So, you know, I want to – my ego wants to take a lot of credit, but I can't go, man. But I had a lot of great people around me, and then God, ultimately. 
Now you look around now, this, this NFL is very different from the NFL that you were a part of. You were still a part of the era where they were allowed to hit the quarterback where they were allowed to, you know, t- take you out. And nowadays it, it, it's like, you know, you accidentally b- brush into a quarterback, you know what I mean? You get a flag or a penalty or whatever. Do you feel like in this very quarterback friendly era of the NFL that you would have done a lot better than you did back in the day? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only that, not being able to get hit like we used to get hit back in the day, but the cornerbacks, they can't even touch the receivers. You're almost playing flag football out there until they get to the playoffs, though. They let them play during the playoffs, which, you know, to me is kind of like, well, wait a minute. These guys didn't condition themselves to how calls are going to be for 17 weeks, and then in the playoffs, you're not making any calls. Uh, but absolutely, though, I, I will say that with confidence, though, you know, because I know if you're not if I know if you could be coming full speed at me and I don't have to move around just a little bit or just, you know, and I can just stand there bold facing and make a throw and know you're going to have to pull up. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Yes. My whole anxiety level goes down in the pocket. <laughs> just a little bit heck yeah yes <laughs> oh man well we always like to ask our guests some kind of random rapid fire questions just to get to know them better are you ready i'm ready what's your favorite late night snack or cheat meal oreo blizzard ice cream from uh from dairy queen all right that, 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 that sounds delicious you've had a lot of great teammates are there a few you can narrow down as your favorite teammates Oh, you're going to do me like that. Wow. Oh, man, I have. Um, Rocket Ismail pops right up there, number one, just because the relationship we had. Um, you know, but I got to go back to high school. I still do football camps with some of my some of my receivers right now, Terrence Tramiel and Angelo Taylor. Uh, Richie Anderson pops up in my head right now. Uh, wow, my lineman, Andre Giroud, Larry Allen. How long is the show? Uh, yeah, it's like as long as you want, bro. Flozell Adams, Some of my teammates back in uh, back in high school, my lineman. Heck, I can go on and on. Jonas Jennings, you know, one of my uh, offensive tackles down at the University of Georgia, or Rantes Grant, who I played with at Georgia, then with the Dallas Cowboys. Shoot, I can go on and on, man. I've had some great teammates, man. I really have. Of all your teammates, who would you say is the funniest? It's gotta be, it's gotta be a tie between Jonas Jennings and Troy Hembrick from the Cowboys. You talking about two com- just straight up natural fools, comedians. Oh my God. Jonas Jennings, yeah, and Troy Hembrick. More passionate fan base. The Cowboys. The Jets or Georgia? Golly, you're tough. Wow, that's tough. Wait a minute, that's a draw. Because let me tell you, let me tell you why. Because Georgia fans, I mean, these kids have been raised raised out the womb, you know, to be uh, Georgia Bulldogs and Georgia Bulldogs fans, but. Um, and then the same thing with the Cowboys, man. And then the Jets, I, you know, I don't talk about them a whole lot. But, man, it was fun playing in New York. You know, you know, one of the best moments uh, with playing with the Jets is literally if you're not playing well, 
you get your boo and you getting ready to go into halftime, you get your butt booed into the locker room at halftime. That motivated me, man. I love that. You know, I love that passion. And then that J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Man, dude, that that chant right there. So I can't even do either franchise like that. I'm sorry. It's a draw. All three of them was beautiful. And it's crazy. I'm sitting here thinking about it. Wow, I played for all three of those teams. So that's pretty cool. Heck, yeah. And and it's pretty cool. And, of course, you played under Bill Parcells. And in some ways, when you play – for the Cowboys, you also played under Jerry Jones, who's kind of sort of, even still to this day, the de facto GM. Do you have any funny Bill Parcells or Jerry Jones stories from your time with the Cowboys that you're allowed to tell? <laughs> My funniest Bill Parcells story is me and a couple of guys are sitting up in the hot tub, and he comes in the hot tub with his mob figure, butt naked, and just gets... <laughs> And just jumps in the hot tub. You should have seen everybody just scram out of there. Uh, <laughs> he's going to get me for that one, though. But, uh, man, Jerry Jones, uh, I don't have one just right off the top of my head. He was a little bit more hands-off, uh, more business. He loved us, though. But, uh, but yeah, that Bill Parcells story, that, <laughs> he's going to kill me for that one. <laughs> did, did you find out what <laughs> – <laughs> oh man, did you find out why they call him Tuna? You know something, I've heard, man, I've, I've got so many stories, I don't know which one is the right one. <laughs> <laughs> all different stories from him? Well, no, just all different stories from other people tell him. I never actually asked him, though. Yeah. I, I never have. <laughs> oh man. But what is it? What's the one? I. Tell me, man. I I don't know, but uh, yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. So, so so when you say you're you're good friends with Bill Parcells, I mean you're really good friends with Bill Parcells. All right. Oh heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's my guy, man. Oh man. For years now with college football, the SEC has just absolutely dominated. As a former mm-hmm. Georgia Bulldog, does this surprise you at all that there's just so much dominance uh, with the SEC? No, it doesn't. Um, the football in general. In general, let's just be honest, it's better in the South, the Georgia, the Floridas, the Tennessees, the Alabama. And I'm talking about from recreation ball up. And then, uh, you know, even when I was in college, uh, going back to the 80s, you know, uh, the South put money into their schools. So we've always been a leg up on the facilities, the nutrition, just football being year round you know, pretty much starting in the early 2000s. Uh, and so we kind of been the first one to the bar on a lot of things um, in the South. So, you know, uh, I know I probably sound, you know, a little bit uh, egotistical a little bit, but, hey, I just got to be honest with you, man. We we really care about our football, and it ain't just Georgia. You know, that Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina crew too, Mississippi, Louisiana, Shoot, we really care about some South football. And uh, and we've just been a, you know, a, a, a big advocate of this is how it's done. And, you know, we still play some good, great football in the trenches, too. Let's be honest. We ain't just all past happy schools. And um, and we, you know, we, we grown good, physical, grown men as football players. 
Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. And, and, and you look at now with the, with the landscape of college football, the NIL deals, you know, allowing players to get paid now so they can get that exposure at a major SEC school, get that, you know, proper football training to make them pro ready. And now they can make some money. Hey, you know, and it's all just following the line. I'm not a big fan of the NIL. Um, and, and well, let me say this. I'm happy that the guys have been able to benefit from, you know, the name, image and likeness. Um, but I think we're going to have to get into the education of, you know, some taxes on all this money and educating these players, not getting caught up in 10, 15 year deals that may be lingering into your NFL career. And then also, um, you know, some rules about it because the recruiting world and, uh, and even the transfer uh, portal is pretty wild out there. It really is. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really good point. And it's not just, I, I think, college athletes. You can see with TikTok these days, there's some of these kids that blow up and then they sign these deals or an artist blows up on TikTok and they sign their rights away. Yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden it's like they're, they're not getting the royalties they expect or, or would if they were a little bit more savvy or had somebody in their corner. Specifically when it comes to NCAA and the NFL, do you think both entities do enough to kind of protect these players and educate them? Or do you think there's still a long way to go? I think we got a long way to go. I, I don't think we prepare enough uh, as coaches um, and just all of us involved, the NCAA and the NFL. Um, and it was just like we kind of figured something was maybe changing and it could be a possibility, but then it was all of a sudden, boom. And so those financial groups um, wasn't in place you know, for the uh, for the financial literacy is what I'm trying to say. Wasn't in place for a lot of these kids. So it just wasn't like, okay, now, all right, we're going to educate you about this and give you some financial literacy and really know what's coming first. It was just like, boom, all right, you got it. You want it. All right, you want been wanting this this long. There, here you go. And so now we're stuck in the middle of kids not even really wanting that education now. Just give me the money. And I think we should have backed it up and did it the other way around. For sure. Yeah. Now, in terms of the NFL, when it comes to substance abuse, getting clean, you obviously you went through your issues in the NFL and, and thank yeah. goodness you're, you're doing great now. But do you feel like back then and even today that NFL teams could do more or does the responsibility fall on the player? Like, how do you how do you see it these days? Could teams do a little bit more in terms of resources? I think everybody is working together now to get better education on addiction, uh, on alcohol, uh, alcoholism, on what things needs to be in place and structure. Um, and the whole uh, recovery industry is still learning and is still evolving. Uh, so everybody, I think, is working hand in hand to try to put the right things in place for guys. Um, I think the NFL was a little late to the party as far as uh, funds being advocated for guys uh, to get into rehabs because, you know, we don't have guaranteed insurance once we leave the NFL. So these funds being allocated for guys, especially when you talk about all the head trauma and things that go along with maybe – uh, occurring addiction behind that head trauma. Um, so I think things are getting better. Uh, I think we're moving in the right space. 
But I think we're a little, we were we were a little late to the ball, but I think we're work, working hand in hand. As a matter of fact, and that's why BRC uh, wants to be uh, one of those guys that the NFL refers to because we do have the infrastructure in place to help guys. Um, but uh, but I think we're you know still moving towards that that pendulum of, of things kind of swinging over to the other side and guys being educated enough to know what the players really need. Well, you've dropped a lot of gems in this interview. We really do appreciate your time. We want to get you out here on a high note. What's the best piece of advice you give for success? The best piece of advice I can give for, for success. Um, discipline has to be to the forefront. Um, consistency with your actions and you got to take God with you. And if it's not God, I understand, but it's got to be some kind of understanding of a higher power, whether it's the universe, but it's got to be something without, I mean, outside of yourself. But discipline, consistency with your actions, off the discipline, and then you have to have some type of spirit life. It's God for me, but you got to figure out something outside of yourself. Love that. Well, Quincy, much respect to every for everything you and, and BRC are doing, man. I'm so happy to see you doing well. Also, actually, Thank bonus you, question. You had you have a son as well who's who's a bit of a baller. Can you tell us about him? Yeah. Well, hey, I got a couple of them. I got two <laughs> playing college basketball right now. One is Brevard, one is actually at Mount Marty. I was just on the phone with my uh son who was at Brevard, is doing well, getting ready to go into his senior year. Uh, then I got my last hope as a quarterback. He'll be nine June 13th. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, though. But, man, they're doing great. They're actually great human beings, too. And that's what I really, really care about. Um, and, um, and, hey, they're doing well, though. But thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Of course. Lo- love to hear that. You can, of course, check out Quincy and all the programs for BRC, brcrecovery.com. Uh, where else can we find you online? You can find me uh, with my quarterback school at QuincyCarter17.com. Excellent. And one more. Is there anything you wish I asked you in this interview? If you – anything that I wish you asked? Uh, no, I, you know something? I, I love uh, random questions uh, because it's raw, it's, you know, it's authentic. So not really, to be honest with you. I think we covered it all. I'm glad. Uh, we brought the light about BRC recovery, getting out here and helping guys rest in peace to what happened to Mary and Barbara, too. Mm-hmm. And see, these are the guys that we want to touch, man, uh, because I know it's guys out there suffering. Uh, so, no, man, I, I, I love this interview. It's almost like we was just having a conversation. Thank you for having me, too, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I enjoyed watching you play, and it's great to see you uh, doing great work off the field now. And, yeah, again, BRCrecovery.com.